Welcome out to Peacappy Podcast on this scorching hot summer. I mean, it might not be scorchingly hot everywhere in the world right now, but rain dance is still a great technique to teach your Pokemon. You're listening to Peacappy Podcast, a Pokemon anime podcast going through the Pokemon anime and giving every single episode all the love and attention that it deserves, and usually a bit more than that. Today we are still following down the road of Pokemon Chronicles, aka the side stories, which are episodes dealing with characters who are not Ash, and what they get up to when, you know, the walking legendary Pokemon world disaster isn't, you know, strolling through their lives and wrecking things. I mean, Ash does other things too, presumably his friends value him a lot, but... I'm sure there are moments where they're like, oh, Ash is coming to visit. I better make sure the walls are fortified and my gym has insurance. <laughs> like, legendary level trouble seems to follow him. And when it's not, Team Rocket is, so. But as I said, this is Pokemon Chronicles. Ash is off in Hoenn somewhere. He is nowhere to be found. He will not be affecting any of the events today. So that's a bit different, although... Maybe not so different, and we'll discuss that when we get to who is the protagonist of today's episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. PokePress went to the North American International Competition for Pokemon Competivities, and by all accounts, it was a fun event. Lots of great matches fought, even more side games. Twitter has told me at least one of you listeners was also able to go, so lucky. Hope everyone had fun. Sounds like all manner of games to have been played, the cards, the VCGs, Pokin, new champions to be crowned, and Steven was able to get an interview with the winner of the Pokin tournament. So that is a great opportunity to remember that game was a thing, and some people have figured out how to master it. <laughs> Maybe that winner guy can teach the rest of us how the phases work. Steven's adventures at the event will be rolling out on YouTube over the next bit, so head on over to be sure to catch those. His live immediately after is up with the Q&A and the report on all the finals, so you can follow PokePress on YouTube to make sure that you get all of that fun and exciting info, um, as well as follow them at pokepress.blogspot.com. You can follow the links I just gave you, and uh, of course I will also have links on my blog page in the show notes. I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. But one more time, that is PokePress on YouTube, or pokepress.blogspot.com. Okay, so let's get into the main episode. Like I said, it is Pokemon Chronicles. We're going to follow Richie today. Hiroshi. And yes, I said Ash has no place in this episode, but we do have his clone with us here today. Or so the joke goes. 
Richie, his outfit especially, is based off of the playable character design for the first Pokemon games, Red and Blue. And Ash was as well. There's a lot of similar themes in those designs with, with the hat and the jackets, but Ash's is much looser of an adaptation. And because of this, because Ash and Richie do kind of draw from the same basic elements and, and source in their designs, and, and even elements of their personalities when they first met, when Richie was first introduced to the series, had a lot of similarities. Richie kind of gets called Ash's clone as sort of a joke, usually. I would say there was definitely more case for it when he was first introduced. Ash, by virtue of being, you know, the main character and having lots of time to get to know him and develop, over the seasons, he's kind of developed in a very different direction, and his clothing design has also changed with every subsequent generation. So I would say now, like, a little kid watching the show would not get that reference that Richie is Ash's clone, because they don't look alike anymore, they don't act alike much anymore. As much as the series does kind of parallel what's going on in the games to a point, Ash sure doesn't. So <laughs> if there ever was any intention to make him kind of the stand-in for the player character and, you know, the player's journey through the Pokemon games and thus the Pokemon world, Ash isn't really fulfilling that anymore. He's definitely become his own character and he inhabits the world and owns his place in it. So... It makes it all the more exciting to check in with Richie now because these two characters have become their own separate things. In a contrast that wasn't so stark even when we last saw Richie in like, gosh, where did we last see Richie? Johto? Orange Islands? It's been a real long time since we've hung out with him. So how is Richie doing? He's still traveling, as you might expect, and right now we're not sure where he is, but it's a huge city, urban jungle, everywhere you look. So wherever he is, there's not much greenery. The place is called Marion Town, and that sounds familiar, like Ash has visited such a place before, but we're not actually sure what region Richie is in right now, so if there is a connection, who knows? And maybe no one will ever know, there's not much history present in this town, Everything seems to be getting broken down and new buildings and new high-rises built up. There is this one little greenish space with a statue of Celebi, and while a man is polishing it diligently, the area around it is all boarded up and barred. And when Richie asks him about the Pokemon Center, he finds that it's being torn down today. Presumably there will be a new one built, a fancy new one, but... For now, this center is getting torn down, and the local Joy contingent doesn't want it to. An elderly nurse basically stands in front of the construction crew with her arms spread and, and, you know, we shall not be moved, while another Nurse Joy pleads with the workers. In a way, I applaud their efforts, but there's a sense of futility here. Like, these guys are the wrong people to solve your problem, Joy. These men got a job to do, orders from the mayor, and by golly, they are going to do it. Seem to get in trouble every second they're not doing it, and in fact have been asked to start construction a week earlier than planned. Even if they were inclined to give in to the joys and hold off, like it's, they've only put a band-aid on the problem, like they'll all get in trouble. Nurse Joy needs a better solution, and unfortunately I don't think she's got one. Either of them. 
Especially since these workers are not inclined to, you know, help the joys out. They're, they're an angry lot, and they're ready to use the Pokemon uh, helping them construct things to physically remove the nurse joys from the area so they can work. And that's when Richie steps in like, this conflict has escalated far enough, guys. <laughs> he battles the construction workers with his contingent of nicknamed Pokemon, Rose the Taylo, Zippo the Charmeleon, Sparky the Pikachu, and he whoops all of them soundly. They're all like, who is this kid? Wow! I've never seen anyone battle like that. And it strikes me, I don't often rag on the whole Mary Sue thing in fanfiction, because doing so discourages young girls from writing or from including female characters. And I do think there is an argument that the Mary Sue has a positive place in fanfiction for both young authors and young readers, but I will throw my hat in that ring hardcore when I notice Richie is kind of Mary Sue-like sometimes, and by sometimes I mean a lot. And we tend not to call him on it because, well, A, it's rare that he's the main character, but even in episodes like this where he is, he also tends to slide past because he's a guy. And I would like you all to consider this, that we've let his character development, slim as it is, really slide in a way we would not if this was a female character. Especially a female character in a show or a fanfic or book written by a female. I mean, really, Richie has no flaws. His main character trait is he does everything really well. <laughs> Specifically better than Ash. But he's a super nice guy, and everybody loves him, and he always has the best ideas, and he always saves the day. And other than that, he really just, there's not much to give his personality depth. But to counterpoint that argument, I mean, him not being a main character we spend a lot of time with contributes to the fact that he doesn't get a lot of development. And because we've let it slide, and just accepted that, you know, Richie is a little bit one-dimensional... And Richie is, much of the time, straight up Mary Sue, but we enjoy him anyway. Yes, he could be written much stronger, but we love him as he is. Countless people love him as he is, even though Ash has a million and a half more character traits and conflicts and flaws other than just, you know, being nice and kind of awesome. People still love Richie, and some people love him more than Ash. So let those thoughts marinate in your head for a bit that... Richie is a total Mary Sue, and yet he is a main character in an episode, and it hasn't hurt anybody. Like, at all. Most people don't even notice. So, you know, maybe we can ease up on that poor 13-year-old writing her first vampire fic. But my little soapbox rant aside, let's get to know Nurse Joy Sr. and her granddaughter. The Elder Joy plans to retire, tomorrow, even, on her birthday, which is also the anniversary, or a, a anniversary, of the, the day this Pokemon Center first opened. And that's a big part of why these two were so eager to stop the construction process. In a big city like this, this could be one of the last bits of this community's cultural history. It's one of the oldest buildings in town. The plan is to build a huge high-rise office building with uh, the new Pokemon Center being on the basement floor. The traditional Pokemon Center design just can't compete with the demand for space in the expanding city, so the beautiful building and landmark it is, and what the building means as a structure, like it existing solely to help the Pokemon and to exist for their convenience, 
and the trainers as well, like that will be lost. This place, Marion used to look quite different in the past. It was very green and peaceful. The kind of place a legendary Pokemon might feel comfortable living in, like Celebi. It hasn't been around for decades, not since the land was taken over by concrete. And Rishi's like, wait, wait, Celebi Celebi? As opposed to, I don't know what other Celebes. But he's heard of that one. We all have. Nurse Joy the Elder has seen Celebi, in fact. She saw it the day this Pokemon Center finished, finished construction. But it's a sad memory, too, because for all the good things, building the center, seeing a legendary Pokemon, the day the center opened also had a landslide uh, just out of town that killed Nurse Joy's best friend, a little boy named Nick. Later, Richie thinks about all the memories the two Joys shared with him, and he thinks it's sad that once this building is torn down, all those memories will disappear. This building has stood for so long, it's integral to so many stories in the city's life and the lives of its citizens, and, and it may be the last physical reminder of people like Nick that have, have gone on past. And just as he's wondering if there's anything he can do to help, a light appears in the air in front of him. It's Celebi! And Richie jumps up and kind of fangirls for a bit, like, oh my gosh, Sparky, it's a Celebi! Celebi's here on a mission, though. It needs Richie to open up a drawer. Richie's slow on the uptake, but Sparky speaks Pokemon language. Sparky runs for it, yanks the drawer out of its socket so Celebi can crawl in and retrieve a small carving of itself hidden way in the back. There was a hidden compartment. And just as Richie's wondering what this is all about, he and Sparky suddenly find themselves surrounded by forest and near a cliff face, luckily in just the right spot to help a young girl who's just fallen off the edge of a cliff and is hanging on by her fingernails. Very convenient. Good job, Celebi. I mean, it would have been real nice to have, you know, dropped Richie up like five minutes earlier, but, you know, save her the risk of heart failure, you know. But anyway, Richie helps her up, and we find this girl is a member of the Joy Clan. She was out here looking for flowers to give to Celebi. There's a shrine out here, and she'd like to meet it, or at least show it some respect. She takes Richie to the shrine. It's kind of old. Her friend Nick is trying to repair the doors on it a bit. Trying being the key word, but it's the thought that counts. And he has a love of wordplay that endears him to me. You get a pass, Nick. Richie notices a statue of Celebi, and there's something about this scene watching Nick work on carpentry that reminds him of a man he saw polishing a statue of Celebi in the only green area in the entire city back when he was getting directions to the Pokemon Center. That, and little Joy calling her friend Nick, and you know, Celebi... It makes Richie think he's been transported back in time. Joy comments on how strange Richie's clothes are, other little things that identify him as being slightly out of place. But Richie plays that off that he's a traveling trainer from very far away. And he gets to know Joy and Nick. Little Joy's family settled out here recently and had the Pokemon Center built, and Nick's family runs a construction company that built it, so that's how they met. Tomorrow, the Pokemon Center will open, and it will also be Joy's birthday. There's going to be a party. Nick would like to go, but he and his dad travel for their construction work. And once the Pokemon Center job is finished, they've got to hit the road and be on their way to the next job. There's really no time to stay. Richie has been under a bit of a cloud thus far, knowing that his new friend Nick is basically a dead man walking. Now, though, he has a timeline. 
back in the present, Nurse Joy thought that if Nick had stayed and attended her party, he wouldn't have been caught in the landslide and thus might be alive today. So he's like, Nick, trust me, man, you need to go to Joy's party. Like, seriously. Nick's dad isn't, you know, all work, no play. It sounds like he could be negotiated into hanging around a bit longer for the party. Possibly, but Nick is also super shy. He won't admit he has a crush on the birthday girl. So getting him to, like, ask his dad to waylay the work plans by admitting, yeah, I want to stay in town for another day because I like her, it's not likely to happen. He does confess to Richie, but... You know, he's convinced Joy would never like him that way, and so he's going to carve a little wooden figurine of Celebi and hide it for Joy in the desk that his dad made for her, a little something to remember him by. And again, I don't actually know that the desk is for Joy, I just assume it is, because otherwise, like, Nick, your plan is really bad. (laughs) Joy's never going to find that. Anyway, late that night, a knock on the door arrives, along with news that little Joy has gone missing. Her parents can't find her, and there's a huge storm. The adults all run off to look for her, but after a minute, Nick gets a brainwave as to where Joy might be, so he and Richie run off too. They head towards the Celebi Shrine, and sure enough, there's Joy, collapsed in the mud along the path underneath a collapsed tree. She really wants to see Celebi, okay? Come rain or snow or lightning storm— Luckily, the tree didn't kill her, and she must have dodged a bit, because Richie says she's not hurt too bad, just, you know, passed out. (laughs) That's a problem. The boys get her into a cave out of the rain, but they really need to get her home to a warm bed. Nick wants to run and get his dad. Probably the only time in this entire show someone has been in trouble and was like, I should go get an adult. (laughs) I admit there are some remarkably capable 10-year-olds running around this show, but still, (laughs) this is very unusual. Um, But there's lightning flashing, and Richie's like, no, it's too dangerous, and Nick's like, yeah, your plan is so much safer, mister. Let's avoid the lightning by camping out in the bottom of a tree. (laughs) And Nick's right. The next bolt of lightning hits this area between the tree and the Celebi Shrine and causes a fire. They're not really safe out here. Of course, that's where the rationality ends. Nick's like, that shrine is Nurse Joy's favorite thing on the world. I've got to protect it. And he immediately turns into a mini firefighter trying to fight the bonfire that's risen up around the Celebi shrine. And just as baby Nurse Joy wakes up and runs to stop him, a bolt of lightning comes down. We get slow-mo lightning. It's headed for Nick. And then Celebi appears and protects all three of the kids in a glowy, glowy light show. Joy is so astonished by this that after the danger has passed and Celebi leaves, she promises to grow up and run the Pokemon Center so that she can always help Pokemon like she was helped today. The next day is Joy's party and the Pokemon Center's official opening. Richie helps setting up because he's a helpful guy like that, and little Joy is not gonna sit still even if she probably still should be on bed rest after last night. But she mentions that she's looking for Nick, that he and his dad delivered the desk to her and haven't been seen since, and Richie's like, That's right! Dead man walking! I forgot I was supposed to be monitoring that! (laughs) He goes to the desk, and as Nick said, the little carving of Celebi is left in a secret compartment. The last reminder of Nick Joy may ever have, which apparently she never even found. (laughs) Nick, up your game, man, really. 
So Richie grabs a ponyta and is all, hi-ho, Silver, away. We gotta save that kid from a landslide and himself. I mean, after all that rain last night, it's not surprising the mountain roads might might be less stable, might be treacherous. Richie catches up with Nick and his dad, traveling by wagon, and is like, seriously, dude, turn back! I know you're like 10 miles out of town, but you gotta go attend a birthday party. He gives Nick the Celebi carving and points out She's never gonna find it if you don't tell her it's there. She will never know your feelings if you don't actually speak them. And Nick should give it to her in person. Nick goes off on his whole, like, I wanted to, but she's so wonderful and I'm not sure she'll ever love me. And the dad is listening to all this like, okay, I I can't enable this mindset anymore. (laughs) Time to be a dad. Uh, He and Richie convince Nick to go back to the party and they all turn around just as the mountainside starts caving in. A very close call. They all go to the party, and Joy asks who wants cake, and Nick's like, I do! In fact, I want more than cake, I want your love, woman! Like, (laughs) in a matter of seconds, he has upped a few levels in bold. It's rather cute. And it turns out, the whole village ships these kids. Like, people start clapping and throwing confetti. (laughs) It's great! (laughs) But while that's going on, a Celebi appears again and sends Richie home. Or, or, well, to Richie's time. He's still in a strange city. But when he arrives in present day, the sprawling metropolis is gone. He's left urban Tokyo and woke up in, like, Nara or something. There's trees. And the Pokemon Center isn't being demolished, but restored. And the mayor of Marion is named Nick. And he looks kind of close to the nurse Joy, too. And Nick kind of thinks Richie looks familiar. I mean, it's been like 50 years, he's not really sure. But Richie is happy to find that he changed history. Not only is Nick alive, but modern-day Marion is a place that Pokemon like Celebi can feel comfortable visiting. After all, it was Celebi's home, too, and it lost it. With Richie's help, Celebi was able to get its home back. And also, you know, play matchmaker for some local, local children. Good on you, Celebi. But Celebi pops in for an appearance right now, like just cementing its place in the town. And everybody's happy, yay! It's a cute little adventure, a good Chronicles episode. One with an actual plot, and like, for one involving time travel, semi-coherent, like... It doesn't feel quite as wild and crazy as some of the other Chronicles episodes we've had. And that's nice, because some of the side stories do feel a little bit looser and wilder and occasionally slapped together, but, like, there was a lot of attention and care put into this story. Richie himself, I don't think, changed that much, but, like, there was some heavier things and some real emotion in this story and some some real stakes. So for that reason, I rather like it, and revisiting the Richie clone issue, like, it is very much an adventure that you would expect Ash and his friends to have. And it's not that it doesn't fit Richie's character, but one of the things about the Chronicles episodes that I love is the opportunity to kind of live with these characters that we meet through Ash and kind of get to see them and their lives when he's not around, and and it kind of helps us get to know them a little better. Like in the case of Misty, 
who admittedly we knew very well when she left the main series, but we get to see sides of her that didn't get to be explored with Ash. And I always joke that she got most of her character development after her time on the show ended. And this is not going to be Richie's only appearance in Chronicles. We've had a few, we will have more. But it makes me a little sad that we've had him in a couple of these side stories and he's still exactly the same. He doesn't grow. And that'll change a bit, I think, in his future um, visits. But, you know, he was all the things he needed to be when we met him at the Indigo League Championships. We saw a few new things from him with the Lugia episodes later and a lot about and a lot about how Ash had started to go down a different path as a character. But now, like, the more we see of him and we don't get to see what makes Richie special, what makes him unique and real, the flaws in his writing start to emerge. It reminds me of a little about how I felt about Brock in parts of Diamond and Pearl. And I guess there is a real-life metaphor in that sometimes... You're better at something than your friend, and then your friend progresses on their path, and you're the one sort of looking up to them and feeling like you're stagnating. But since Richie never, like, deals with that, it's probably not intentional. So, basically, fun as it was to see Richie again, I feel like there was nothing in here, in this episode, inherent to Richie. This episode could have starred anybody. And if it had have starred, say, Misty and she hadn't reacted to the little romance going on in the background, and given some of her commentary, I'd have called the writers out because that's a waste of Misty. It's one of her character traits that she has very strong and sometimes polarized thoughts on romance. If the episode had starred Ash, we would have probably gotten the same level of helpfulness in getting Joy and Nick together, but for very different reasons. These are things specific to their characters that Ash and Misty could go through this same plot and even achieve the same outcomes as each other and as Richie, but give you a very different and personalized story in the meantime. Richie, like, gave us a generic story. All the richness in this episode came from the characters around him. He just went through the motions. But I can't criticize the writers for not making use of Richie's personality and his quirks because there's not much for them to work with. Like I said, Richie's a little bit of a Mary Sue sometimes. His main character trait is, I'm perfect. So I'm hoping his next appearance in Pokemon Chronicles gives us a bit more depth uh, to Richie. Maybe, maybe a flaw would be nice. Or an obstacle that he has to have a personal struggle with. Like, something that makes him own his place in the Pokemon world. Because, as I said, he was everything he needed to be as a rival and a foil to Ash when we first met him. And he did get some conflict in having to face off against Ash later. But after so much time with all the other characters, like, finding rich, well-rounded, and new facets to themselves, and finding their places, even one-off characters... A guy we've known as long as Richie is starting to seem forgettable and unnecessary, and that's just sad. So here's hoping we get a little more out of Richie in his next appearance, because we will get another one from him. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with this podcast, whether we are following the side stories or getting back into the main series with our characters like Ash and May, Max and Brock, who we spend so much time with that it's almost impossible for them not to have many character traits and flaws and opportunities for growth. 
To keep up with that, you can visit us at our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. You can find this podcast on Facebook or Twitter and interact with me there, or send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe on iTunes or many other fine podcasting catching devices. And so with all of that info at your fingertips, I bid you adieu. Until next time, this has been Peacappy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Gotta catch them all. Pikachu!